This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 431. This is the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. My name is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, our last for 2020, Optus is set to break its own 5G speed record. Google AI-powered cameras are coming to the rescue of bushfire-affected wildlife and how you can relive your childhood retro gaming memories. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the Samsung Premier Short Throw Projector. We road-tested the new Apple AirPods Max headphones and we're going to check out the Dakota Side Table, which has a built-in Bluetooth speakers and chargers. And we're going to answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide Help Desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Five G has been a big topic in 2020, and it is now even more popular than ever. Now that Apple has released the iPhone 12, which is a 5G compatible, I think that's brought 5G to more people's attention. I think that once Apple does something, a lot of customers assume that it's official. That okay, if Apple are doing it, that it must be important. Uh, that's not not to disregard the fact that Samsung has actually had uh, 5G phones in the market for nearly two years now. So uh, the 5G has been around for a little while. Uh, all the telcos, of course, are involved. Telstra, Optus, Vodafone, all currently rolling out, expanding their current 5G footprints. Uh, Optus has uh, said that they're about to start testing on their new millimetre wave technology. Now, this is a new form of 5G that is uh, currently in the testing st- in the testing phase. Uh, T- Telstra also uh, using or uh, testing uh, millimetre wave as well. This is a new type of 5G. Now, the current form of 5G we're using is called Sub-6, and it is the predominant, or it is the technology that we're using at the moment. And what's expected to happen is that millimetre wave is expected to be to form other parts of the 5G network. So you're going to still not, they're not going to get rid of Sub-6 entirely, but millimetre wave is going to be rolled out in places where, for example, densely populated areas or uh, CBD of, of major capital cities, busy areas like, like stadiums and airports once we're back flying again. So millimetre wave, the advantage it has over sub-6 is the fact that it has greater throughput, so greater speeds. Uh, and it has a lot greater capacity as well. The one thing that it, it doesn't have, that the can't match sub-six, is range. 
That's why I think millimetre wave is going to be deployed in those densely populated areas. So range won't be an issue, but what where that extra capacity and extra speed is needed in crowded areas, footy stadiums, airports, CBDs, all these densely populated areas, millimetre wave will easily handle not only the, the number of calls, number of capa- the, the amount of capacity required, but also then deliver those remarkable speeds as well. Optus has already clocked the Australian speed record on sub-6, and it was a speed of 2.8 gigabits per second. So that's, that's 28 times 100 megabits per second NBN plan. And what they're saying is that in this, this new testing that's about to begin in Sydney, Brisbane, Adelaide, Melbourne, Perth and Canberra, speeds are expected to go even higher. They're talking already in, in, in unofficial testing. Well, they haven't officially claimed this as the record, but in their lead up to the testing, Optus is saying they've already hit speeds of four gigabits per second. That's 40 times faster than the NBN on the millimetre wave technology. So you can imagine the benefits of this, the speed, the latency as well. Latency refers to the fact that if I press a button on one side of the 5G network, it instantaneously is is activated on the other side. So you can think about future applications for this type of 5G will be remote surgery, um, autonomous cars talking to each other on the roads, a drone, smart drones flying through the sky, charging, delivering packages on their own, things like that where we still haven't even seen. This is kind of the foundation technology. This 5G technology is the foundation for what all these other technologies that we're going to see in the in the next two, three, five years' time. So this is going to be kind of the bedrock for those, those kinds of technology that are coming. Telstra, they're also hard at work with their own millimetre wave technology rollout, as is Vodafone. Vodafone probably bringing up the rear there. They're, they're a little uh, a little behind because they did have a two-year court battle with uh, with their merger, TPG merging with Vodafone. They, d- they did have a slight delay. They did have to fight a, a court battle, and which they won. Uh, so now they're playing catch-up with, uh, with their 5G network, which is expected to massively ramp up in 2021, which is only a couple of weeks away. So uh, the news on 5G is good. If you're an Australian customer on 5G, uh, the future looks very bright, whether you're with Optus, whether you're with Vodafone or Telstra. So uh, Optus, though, leading the way there with this incredible record, four over four gigabits per second. That's remarkable. So uh, if you haven't got a 5G phone, of course, this uh, you, you won't be able to enjoy the, anywhere near those speeds. But I think it's going to become a case now where within the next year or two, you won't be able to not buy a 5G phone. It's just like when you go looking for a new television, you can't not buy a 4K TV. I think it's going to be, in 12 months' time, I think it's going to be a case of you can't not buy a 5G phone, or the, the majority of the of the new phones on the market will all be 5G compatible. That's my prediction anyway for 2021. If you want to read more about the Optus speed record, the 5G speed record, you can check that story out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec.
Next up, we've got a little uh, interesting little story from Google. Uh, they're, they're deploying more than 600 AI-powered cameras to monitor wildlife in bushfire zones across Australia. Now, I'm sure, like me, it's hard to forget those harrowing scenes of watching wildlife. Uh, I, I can never forget the, the images of, of, a, of a koala bear suffering burns and, and crying and in pain and people trying to rescue these, the wildlife in the path of those horrendous bushfires. Uh, nearly 3 billion native animals, would you believe, were in the path of those fires with 119 threatened species that were identified. So they are in need of urgent help and Google has come to the rescue with WWF Australia and Conservation International in a project that they're calling An Eye on Recovery. Now, this is going to see those 600 AI-powered sensor cameras installed in all parts of areas which were affected by last summer's bushfires, including the Blue Mountains, East Gippsland, Kangaroo Island and southeast Queensland. The project was launched by WWF and Conservation International, supported by a $1 million grant, too, from Google's philanthropic arm, Google.org. Org. So Google's coming to the party. Their AI technology is going to be used with the cameras to make ecological assessments and also locate surviving wildlife and see where the most urgent recovery actions are needed. Now, Kangaroo Island, which was like half of the island was devastated by fire, that's where the first cameras are being installed to monitor the species, including the critically endangered Kangaroo Island Dunart. There's more than 90% of the island's dunarts were burnt in the fires. So these cameras are going to be able to keep an eye on them. The, the images captured by the cameras are going to be analysed by Wildlife Insights, which is this cloud platform that uses AI and machine learning developed by Google to help identify each species. So once the camera sees an animal, a wildlife, some wildlife, it'll, it'll be able to determine using AI its species. But it's also asking for help. They're saying that if anyone has a sensor camera, sensor camera images of native wildlife, especially in obviously bushfire regions, if they can share their pictures, that can help speed up the learning process of the AI which I think is pretty good. So we can all do our bit. So people with sensor camera images can share their uh, images. They can contact WWF Australia via eyes at www.org.au. That's an email address. It's linked on my story on Tech Guide. But isn't this great how technology could come to the rescue of these bushfire-affected wildlife and help them uh, maximise their recovery and get them back to normal after those horrible bushfires of last year and earlier this year? If you want to read more about that story and see that email address, if you do have some, some images to contribute, you can check that story out at techguide.com.au. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm really into my games, and I have been for quite a while, like since I was a teenager. And I was a teenager in the 80s, so uh, that was, I think, probably the, the prime of retro gaming there. And, you know, we were playing, you know, I remember playing in the early 80s Space Invaders, and uh, which we thought was just the best, best game ever. And then there was, of course, Pac-Man and all those other games. But the one that I really liked... 
really got into it, had the high score on every machine I played it on, was Gallagher. Gallagher is that, uh, it's the space game, similar to Space Invaders, but the all the creatures sort of come in, they fly in, and then they fly down and try to try to bomb you. And that's the game where you can let your fighter be captured. So that way, if you shoot down the 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 creature that that captured your fighter you then have a dual shooter so you got looks like having two ships at once which comes in handy for anyone who's familiar with Gallagher because there are several challenging stages during play and with the two shooters you, you normally can get uh, 40 out of 40 which is a bonus 10,000 points so you can tell I've played the game a fair bit can't you but you know what the reason I'm talking about these retro games is there are there is now some uh, units some arcade units being sold by arcade one up that will allow you to play these classic games in your own home and these are beautifully created cabinets really colourful, really faithful to the old games. They're the best version of the games you've ever seen as well because they're on 17-inch LCD screens, not the old big bubbly cathode ray tube we used to play on. Remember those ones? You, the sort of the edge, they used to curve at the edges. The 17-inch LCD screens, full-size joysticks, buttons, controls, speakers, they sounds amazing as well. And what Arcade One Up has done is given customers several different options. So you can opt for the full-size cabinet, so you can literally stand up at the cabinet. So similar to what you'd play in the arcades back then, back in the 80s, there's also a smaller, smaller desktop version that you can actually either mount on a wall or hang on the back of a door. So if you if you push for space and you still want to be able to play the games, you can do that. And then there's this even smaller version that's like a tabletop with a couple of games on board, uh, and that and that allows you to play that. But you need to be seated at a table. Uh, but but there are options there for everyone. So uh, all, all the the ones that we received was the the door the door hanging one, which is called the arcade one up eight in one Namco. Pac-Man version. That's $499. That's got eight games on board. So there's Pac-Man, Super Pac-Man, Pac and Pal, my favourite, Gallagher. There's Galaxian, which is another favourite. It's similar to Gallagher, but it's 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 more like more like Space Invaders. There's Dig Dug, Mappy, and Xevious. Xevious is the the game where you're flying and you can shoot and also drop bombs at the same time. Uh, that's also a cool game as well, a really cool retro game. But I was immediately transported back to my teenage years. In fact, I, I got my son, who's in his early 20s, I got him to play alongside. And he he's fascinated by these games as well. Not the sort of games he was playing when he was when he was a teenager, but uh, he thought he could take on his old man, but uh, I, I taught him who was boss there. So the, the, the Gallagher skills, the muscle memory just kicked in, and I was able to, I think my high score is 130,000. So let me know if, you've, if you can beat that. Um, I told you, I was pretty good at this game. The Arcade Up 8-in-1, which is what we had, compact unit. Uh, it does come with the brackets if you want to attach it to the wall, if you want to hang it on a door. There are also some, some legs if you want to just put keep it on a tabletop and keep it a little bit more stable. But if you want to go bigger, you can also get uh, the larger the larger cabinet as well. So they do have 
For $9.99, there's the Arcade 1UP Premium 4 Machine Pac-Man or the Arcade 1UP Premium 4 Machine TMNT, which is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. So the two versions suit either Pac-Man fans or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fans. And the smaller countertop, it's called the countertop countercades, are $2.99. And so... The, the Pac-Man version of the Countercade has Pac-Man, Pac and Pal and Gallagher and Dig Dug. The Frogger edition has naturally Frogger and Time Pilot. And all of the units I was talking about include 7-inch LED displays, which, as I said, present the game in far better condition than they were back in the day. And the controls are legit. They're the proper size buttons, proper size joystick. So your experience is the same. Uh, and I've, I have not stopped playing this. In fact, I've got to really watch it. Doesn't doesn't just take totally hours and hours out of my day because I'm tempted to go in there and try to beat my my high score on Gallagher. Really cool. Uh, the whole range of them are on Tech Guide there, uh, and they are so well built as well. They're really good quality. Gives you this remarkable experience. Great if you've got a man cave or a bar area or something in your house that you want to maybe put this in there. Uh, so. Of uh, I'm still playing the the eight in one Pac Man uh, machine which has Gallagher on board four hundred ninety nine bucks nine ninety nine for the full size stand up two nine nine for the little baby countertop but all deliver a fantastic experience if you happen to be into your retro gaming like I am. If you want to read more about the arcade one up machines, check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Is your Wi-Fi struggling to keep up with your streaming, your work, gaming, video calling and more? What about if you're doing all of that at once? When you're connected to your world by Wi-Fi, be sure it's the best. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with the Orbi Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is the best and latest in Wi-Fi. It covers your entire home with the fastest Wi-Fi for uninterrupted streaming, video calling and working and learning from home on more devices than ever before in any part of your house. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Are you ready for the best Wi-Fi ever? Find out more at netgear.com.au slash best Wi-Fi. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. Kicking off the Tech Guide reviews this week is a pretty cool product. It's the Samsung Premiere. Now, this is what they call a short throw projector. By that, I don't mean you throw at a short distance. By that, I mean it's a projector that doesn't have to sit too far from the wall. In fact, it can sit as close as 11.3 centimetres. I'll say that again, 11.3 centimetres. And what it does, it beams up onto your wall or your screen a 130-inch 4K image. So if you've ever been thinking, I'd like to set up a home theatre at my place and never knew where to start, this could be the product for you because it presents in one unit all of the requirements of a home theatre. Now, I can tell you now, I have set up a dedicated home theatre and I've actually done a video where it's a little bit of a funny video where I'm being interviewed about my home theatre and then I'm told about the, the Samsung Premiere and, and we talk about it. Check that out on Tech Guide. But to, to, to create a home theatre, 
you need – this is what I did. I had a projector. I had multiple speakers. I have an AV receiver, an amplifier. Uh, I've got all my sources and like metres and metres of cables to connect everything and a, and a fixed screen on the wall. So all of that, if you are in, interested in a home theatre, can be a little bit intimidating knowing where do I start, projector, speakers, it's, it's all too much. And for that customer, unless you are absolutely dedicated like I was, I, I knew what I wanted, I knew the goal, I knew what I had to do, then it's it not only takes time, but it also takes a lot of money. And I'm not I'm not afraid to say I've spent tens of thousands of dollars on my home theater. Now, if you are a customer who wants to have this home theater experience, but perhaps don't want to go to the trouble that I did, but you still want the big 4K picture and everything that goes with it, then the Samsung Premiere is a really great way of going about it, because everything is in one unit. So the Samsung Premiere is a triple laser short throw projector. It's also got all the speakers inside. So there's 4.2 audio output. So you're getting 4.2 audio. And it's also a smart TV. So you've got, you can connect your aerial for free-to-air TV. It's got HDMI inputs, USB input, digital or digital optical input as well. And it's got Wi-Fi on board, so you can connect to the internet. It's got an Ethernet port too. If you've got a, a cable, you want to connect to the internet via cable. So everything that you would expect in a television is in the Samsung Premiere. And it sits on your entertainment unit where your TV would normally sit. So in terms of setup, it's a matter of sitting it in the middle of your entertainment unit, aiming it at the wall, and plugging it in. Now, it does take a little bit of adjustment to get the picture straight and, and, the, and, the, and the side straight. doesn't take too long before you're looking at a 130-inch 4K image. And that's the one and only time you've got to do that, by the way. If you, Once you've set up the image and you're happy with it, unless someone knocks it and knocks it or bumps it or something, but that's a pretty big, big unit that's, that's, that's not, it's not light, so it won't move too easily. So that's the only time you need to do that. And then once you've done that, you're you're looking. It's a, it's a 130-inch screen with your streaming services at your fingertips, all your apps at your fingertips, all your sources connected through the HDMI inputs, your audios looked after. Everything is just there. So that's like a home theater in a box that you can create by plugging in one product. And unlike, like, and look, I don't. My, my system is, is is pretty high quality, and in fact, yeah, it'd be better than what you get with the Samsung Premiere. I'll be honest, but it's still an amazing result you're getting with the Samsung Premiere. Now, I should remind everyone, the Samsung Premiere costs eleven thousand dollars. Okay, so if you are shopping for, let's say, an eighty-five inch four K TV, you're probably in about the six to seven up to eight thousand dollar ballpark for getting the latest that size tv smart tv and when you consider if you're going down the projector path if you buy a normal 4k projector like mine you just get the projector there's no tv tuners there's no other sources there's no uh there's no speakers you've got to connect everything else to that. Now, a quality 4K projector, I'll tell you now, is more than $10,000 on its own. 
And that's without one speaker, without an amp, without your AV receiver, without anything else. So when you look back at the Premiere, 130 inches of one, a 4K, and the cost per square inch is actually pretty good. That, that's not bad value when you see what you can achieve based on the price because it's your soundbar, it's your projector, it's a smart TV as well, just happens to be able to beam up this amazing image from 11.5 centimetres from the wall. So I think pretty impressive product, this one. Not the first on the market. Hisense have a similar product. They'll have updates, no doubt, for that next year as well. So this is, uh, I think, an opportunity for customers to go have that cinematic feel in their house without having to go to too much trouble and with, you know, it's a decent investment, 11000 but if you have a dedicated home theatre and put it together, all the different components, you're going to spend more than double that anyway. Now, I should tell you too, because it's a projector, naturally it needs the darker the room, the better, but it does have decent brightness. It has 2,800 ANSI lumens, which is very bright for a projector. Now, during our testing, we had it in, uh, in, a, in a, even with the lights on in a, in a bright room, it still the picture still looked really good. Uh, it it or, or if you live in a really really bright room, you're going to probably see the image. No no problem. It might be just a little bit more washed out. Of course, in the evening and at night, it's going to look amazing. But if this is going to be your television, you're going to watch day and night. Something you really need to take into account is just how much light is going to be in that room. If it if it is a lot, it may not be worth your while to get, to get this. But if you can make the room dark and if there's not too much uh, ambient light flooding into the room, you'll get away with it. It is it is very bright. It'll it'll still you'll still be able to clearly see the picture. Still have that 4K quality. You just need to make the call on whether your room is too bright if you can't darken the room when you need to. or uh, So there are things you really need to to keep in mind before you put down your 11,000 to buy the Samsung Premiere. Not not too much uh, against this. Uh, The setup was, was, was easy. Uh, having, I noticed a little bit of blur in the top corners and a little bit of rainbowing. So that's a, like a, a, a pr- something to do with the projector, of course, because it can't because it's projecting from such a short distance. It's not like a normal projector that has an elevated position that can actually shoot straight, straight at the screen. It needs to be more, you know, meters away from the from the screen to be able to achieve that. Uh, that's why a normal projector can nail all the corners and all the, all the the shape of the of the, your image. This being a short throw projector, you do have to fiddle around with the 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 move it to and from the wall a little bit. I had to adjust the legs on it to just to get the the, the size right and, the, and just had to really position it correctly uh, to to make that to to get the screen image to get the shape of the image right. There are little in the settings you can actually adjust it as well. Uh, for you can sort of stretch out little corners and the sides and sort of to make the the picture the right shape. So uh, so that keystoning you can do that as well on here um the the projector 11 11 000 bucks nothing to sneeze at but but for what you get for your money projector speakers smart tv the whole bit uh i think when you when you add it all up it's actually not bad value at the end of the day 
the Samsung Premiere. I've done a story and I've done a video. Watch my video. It's actually, I'm pretty happy with that one. It's uh, it's it's actually in the video. I'll tell you now all of the things at the start because it's 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 like meant to be like a TV show highlighting home theaters. And I'm the subject. I'm the home theater enthusiast who finds out about the Samsung uh, Premiere and can't believe all the features that are on board. All the stuff that flashes up at the start of the video. So, um, Everything is they're all items in my home theater. So all my Star Wars memorabilia and my full size Star Wars figures and uh, all the stuff uh, that flashes up at the start is everything that's in my home theater. So if you want a sneak peek at Stephen Fennick's home theater, that's a good way of going about it. Watching the video on my Samsung Premiere story at techguide.com.au. Righto, we've listened to them, we've tested them, the AirPods Max from Apple, these are their $900 headphones, and I've got to say, sound amazing, they're really good, I think they, they really set a high bar with that price, that, that $899 price tag, I think I said last week when they first announced them, I said these I have to hear, these have to would have to be the best headphones ever made. Uh, they're not the best headphones ever made because you can, you, believe it or not, you can actually buy headphones that are way more expensive than this. I think Sennheiser has a pair of audiophile headphones with a, its own amp for $3,500. So Apple's $900 headphones, while they're not anywhere near that class of headphones, they are really impressive. They're meant to be alongside the Bose, Sony, Sennheiser noise-cancelling headphones. They hold their own in many departments and exceed the others in some. Uh, but overall, uh, the AirPods Max, while I think they're a little bit overpriced, eight ninety nine, uh, they they uh, they do they they more than match up with the Bose, Sony, and Sennheiser uh, noise cancelling premium headphones and. I think with Apple, you're not only getting something that sounds good, but you're also getting something that looks good as well. Design is paramount here for Apple. Uh, they've always pride themselves on their products, not only being functional, but also beautiful. And the AirPods Max deliver in that department as well, I think, from the mesh headband, which does a really good job of distributing the weight of the headphones. They are a bit weighty because they're actually made of aluminium. So the ear cups are, got, uh, are made of aluminium, the same sort of aluminium you'd find on an iPad or a MacBook, uh, MacBook laptop. They also have stainless steel stems coming out of the out of the headband as well, and so they are slightly heavier than what you'd expect from a pair of headphones, which are traditionally made out of plastic. So Apple's kind of gone to the next level here, using premium materials and really the build quality. You can really see and feel it in your hands. The build quality is amazing. So I think uh, you you're getting great sound, but you're also getting a great looking pair of headphones as well, and. Apple fans are going to really appreciate that and are willing to put down their money for that. That that's that's the that's the Apple customer. Not everyone will be able to afford them, but I think the fact that uh, there are fans that that really appreciate what Apple do in terms of design and obviously the 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 use of their products, but. I think, too, there's a lot of people who just want to be seen wearing Apple AirPods, the AirPods Max. They want to know, people want to, they want people to know they've got, they can afford them, that they're listening to them, they're they're on board. So uh, I think it's sort of a bit of a status symbol, I think, for some customers. That's, that's how they're going to see them. And good on them if that's what you want to do. But I'll tell you right now, if, if you're not an Apple, if you're not entrenched in the Apple ecosystem, if you're not an Apple fanboy or Apple fangirl, 
then I'll tell you right now, the Bose, Sony, and Sennheiser headphones are just as good as these, and you'll save up to 400 bucks if you don't want to plonk down $899 for the AirPods Max. Now, having said that, I think these are really beautifully made headphones. I really like the sound of them as well and the design. They're, they're really nice. Uh, you can, As I said, you can feel the quality in your hands. The only physical controls are the little digital crown and a little button on, on one of the ear cups. The digital crown is uh, your volume control as well as you can press that digital crown and that what's, is what pauses and plays your music again. There's also the other button which, which triggers transparency mode. So if you're in active noise cancellation, mode you can click the button and then you're in transparency mode where you can hear everything around you all the microphones kicking so you can hear what's going on around you uh, there's the h1 chip on board as well which makes them really easy to pair with your iphone you can check your battery level as well and uh, the the sound quality i've got to say is is on point i think apple what they wanted to achieve here is a, a sound that was so faithful to what the band wanted to sound like. So I think they wanted a, a pair of headphones that would make you think that you're listening to the band in the same room. There's no trickery around it. There's no, uh, they haven't sort of um, loaded up the bass and, and tricked up the treble to make it sound any different to what you would, the band would actually sound like. So they've gone for a high fidelity sound rather than using any kind of trickery to take the sound beyond what would have been played live in the studio. And I respect that. I think if they had it tricked up the bass, they would have risked these sounding more like Beats headphones. Beats is kind of your more your street level, your street speaker, which is sort of more younger audience, younger customer. They love that sort of added bass to the sort of sound signature there. Apple didn't go down that path. They, they were loyal. They kept, they stayed faithful to the sound, which is crisp and clear. My only, my only criticism they're not at the loudest. They're not as loud as I reckon they could be. I'd like them a little louder at the top end. So if you are someone who likes to blast your music and enjoy a bit of volume, not that I'm going deaf or anything, but I would have liked a little bit more bit more scale, a bit more volume to the sound at the top end. But still, even at the very top volume, no distortion at all. So big tick there. Now, I reckon probably the strongest feature of the AirPods Max is the active noise cancellation, which I think is probably has set a new benchmark in this category of headphones. I previously thought Bose probably had the had the money there. Uh, I think Apple has not only I think not only equaled them, but just slightly bested them. I think these are these are the noise cancellation is remarkable, and I was uh, I tested it out. I, I've got a, a a Dyson fan on my desk that's about arm's length away from me. And when I turned on active noise cancellation on the AirPods Max, those he that fan audibly disappeared. It's like the Red October in the movie, The Hunt for Red October. Remember the submarine, they just can't hear it anymore. That's what it was with the fan here. Even though I could still feel the breeze on my face and I could literally reach out and touch it, I could not hear it. Which, to block out that kind of noise so close to me, I think was incredible. The TV, I could hear nothing. It was just me and my music and my thoughts is all I could hear. And I think that's fantastic. And being able to go to transparency mode at the press of a button, also pretty cool. Here's a couple of things, though, you should take note of. AirPods Max, not water resistant. So don't even dream of taking these to the gym. If you get any sweat and water on them, you might ruin them. So don't be doing that. There are other headphones and earphones that can do that. There's also no connection for a 3.5 millimeter cable, as you would see with other noise-canceling headphones. Now, 
imagine when we're back flying again and going to LA and Europe and all those places and who knows when we're going to be doing that. But normally a customer who's willing to spend hundreds of dollars on a pair of noise cancelling headphones want to use them on a plane. Now, without a 3.5 mil cable, how the hell are you going to connect these to the in-flight entertainment system? Well, you can't unless you have a Bluetooth dongle, which I've reviewed. I reviewed the RHA wireless flight adapter last year, which basically allows you to create a Bluetooth link to the in-flight entertainment system or to some other product. Like I, I, the other thing I used with it was my one of the original iPods. I connected the RHA Bluetooth dongle, so it created a Bluetooth connection with my headphones, and it was connected to the iPod, and I could hear the music. Same deal. It's connected to the in-flight entertainment system. I connect to the dongle via Bluetooth. I can hear the in-flight entertainment system wirelessly. It's a little bit of a hassle if you haven't done it before. It doesn't just plug straight in. I did use them, actually, to use my AirPods on board, my AirPods Pro, which were noise cancelling. So I was on the plane listening to the in-flight entertainment system with the Bluetooth dongle. So no cables to mess me up, uh, which was pretty good. Uh, And also to to the defense of the AirPods Max, normally what customers do now, whatever passengers they take on their own entertainment on their iPads or their tablets, whatever the device they happen to be using, Using myself as the example here, what I normally do is load up my iPad with all my Netflix shows, stand shows, that all the ones that I want to binge on the way over, movies that I want to watch as well on my own iPad. So if I had the AirPods Max, no trouble linking to the uh, to the iPad wirelessly in that case. But if you want to connect to the in-flight entertainment system, uh, you're going to have to be a little bit creative and get one of those Bluetooth dongle thingos, which I've reviewed, by the way. If you know, there's a link on my review of the RHA wireless flight adapter. Uh, pretty cool little product. Are they worth $8.99? I don't think so. That's a little bit high. I think it's Apple. that's Apple saying, look at us. Look what we can do and look at how much we can charge. And a lot of people are willing to pay for it because these are selling pretty fast. But I think if you, if you consider, it, consider it like this, Ferraris are expensive cars. They kind of basically do the same thing as other cars, but they do it. They're beautiful. They, they just do it in a certain way. They're designed beautifully. Think of the AirPods Max as the Ferrari of noise-canceling headphones, and that'll, that will kind of justify the price. They are beautiful. Uh, they're, they're, the ear cups are detachable as well, by the way. They're, they're attached by with, mag, with a magnet. And what I'm hearing is that customers are going to be pre-ordering replacement ear cups uh, they're a hundred bucks a pair, so they can they can uh, mix and match the colours of uh, of the uh, the different AirPods of uh, the AirPods Max. The colours are, by the way, space grey, silver, sky blue, green, and pink. Uh, same colours as the iPads as well now. So uh, pretty cool that you can uh, that match the colour of your AirPods Max with your iPad, uh, and they and swapping out the ear cups too. That's another little thing, and that's on top of eight ninety nine. If you, people want to pay an extra hundred bucks a pair of those ear those uh, ear cups, then uh, they're doing pretty well. The AirPods Max review, check it out. You can read it all at techguide.com.au. Now, here's a little bit of functional furniture. I'm talking about the Dakota side table made by the Chapman Trading Company. They're an Aussie company, by the way, so shout out to the Chapman Trading Company. Um, uh, their, their man, Slav, reached out to me, uh, asked me if I was, uh, wanted to review their, their beautifully designed Dakota side table. 
And I said, sure. And I, and I said, what about it? And he said, there's a speaker on board, wireless charging. There's two USB ports on the back. So it's this functional furniture. You've got a rechargeable battery too. So you can charge your phones, carry it around the house, wherever you want. Really good Bluetooth speakers on board. So really nice 360-degree sound as well. And you know what? It bloody looks great as well. It's it's really well crafted. There's two you can buy. There's two different styles. So the Dakota side table has three wooden legs. So you screw them in. Takes like thirty seconds to set this thing up, and it's got a wooden top. So wooden surface, wooden tabletop, two wood finishes, ash tree, which is light, and walnut which is more like a darker colour. So you can sort of try to match it with your existing decor. They sent me one of each, and I've got to say, matches perfectly the furniture in my lounge room, and the other one matches perfectly the furniture in my other room, my, the room where I like to listen to music. This, is, uh, this allows me to c- connect, to link my phone via Bluetooth to the onboard Bluetooth speaker, and enjoy this really nice 360-degree sound. It's like room-filling sound. If you have people over playing music, you're going to say, where's that music coming from? And you'll say, right there on the table beside you there. Uh, and the front of the the front the the this the sides of the table where the speaker is. So to cover up the speaker, uh, it's got this really nice textile finish to it. So it's like nice cloth finish to around the outside, and the the controls are actually embroidered into that cloth. So the on button, the play pause button, and the volume controls, as well as the brand the, the Chapman brand, that's embroidered on the side. Looks beautiful. It's really nice. Sounds great as well. And when you want to charge up your phone. If you've got a recent smartphone that's Qi wireless compatible, plonk it on top of the table. There's a little symbol on top, so that's like, you know, put me here, and then you're wirelessly charging. So imagine you're watching TV, you've got this beside you, you can charge it up, or if you just want to kick back and listen to some music, it's right there at your fingertips. The table is your speaker, charging up your phone at the same time. If you want to use a cable, you might have an older smartphone. There are also two USB ports on the back, so you can connect, you can you connect the cable, charge your phone that way. There's also an auxiliary in. So if you want to connect another source and play through the speaker, you can do that as well. There's also on board a six thousand six hundred milliamp hour rechargeable battery. So yes, it does come with a with a power supply, and you can have it plugged in if you're near a power point. But once that battery is charged, you can move this table wherever you want. Wherever you want to move in the house, you might want to take it out on the back in the backyard. You might want to take it up to your bedroom. It's light, so it's not too heavy to carry around, and you can put it wherever you want. It's like a portable Bluetooth speaker in the shape of a table, uh, but with that rechargeable battery that lets you play for hours, I think up to eight hours of playback you'll get, uh, and, and you can also be still charging your devices. There's a 2.1 amp output for your USB and a 1 amp, so if you want to charge a tablet or a phone, you, you've got both sorted there, uh, and I think these are, this, these are fantastic. Really, it's, it's what I've called it, functional furniture. So if you want to have the tech, but don't want to have it all out on display, you can kind of hide it in, in like this, the Dakota side table. Beautiful bit of furniture. Uh, all the tech under the hood makes it even more attractive, I reckon. The Dakota side table is available now. As I mentioned, there's two wood finishes, ash tree, which is the light, walnut, which is dark. 
and it's priced at 499 bucks. Free shipping around Australia if you do order one, and $20 shipping to New Zealand for our New Zealand listeners. Uh, there's the link to the website on our story, the Dakota Side Table, functional furniture, Bluetooth speaker and chargers, and it's a bloody good-looking table as well. You want to check that story out, head over to techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. There's been a rapid increase in cybercrime with constant data breaches, online scams and ransomware, just to name a few. Norton's all-in-one cyber safety solution, Norton 360 Premium, now comes with dark web monitoring powered by LifeLock that helps you notify you if your personal information is discovered on the dark web. It also includes device security and secure VPN with bank-grade encryption to help keep you private online, plus a password manager, PC safe cam, and more. With Norton's award-winning security and globally trusted protection across 50 million customers, rest assured Norton 360 Premium and dark web monitoring is the all-in-one protection for your devices, and data. Norton 360 Premium is available now at leading retailers. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk brought to you by our good mates at Belkin. Belkin have some great uh, Christmas gifts if you want to buy uh, some cables, some batteries, speakers. They've got a whole range of products, belkin.com forward slash au if you want to check that out. Uh, I thought we'd do a bit of a seasonal tech guide help desk. I did have that. I did actually have this question. So it's not just being seasonal. I think it's appropriate that we talk about it. And it's about Christmas lights. And one question in particular really got me curious. They said, look, one guy said, look, I know a lot about Christmas lights, but how the hell do I make them? Do I time them to music? How do I make them flash in time to music? And I thought, well, what a great question. And the, the answer to this is, look, there's a couple of ways of doing it. Number one is you need to find a brand of lights lights that are compatible with the the connection to a computer so there are there are some brands out there that allow you to either purchase the lights that are compatible or to put a us to to buy a usb dongle that connects to those lights and then you can then connect it to a player your computer and synchronize it to music that way so it kind of it, it reacts to the beat um, but if you do want to sort of go down the path, you, you there are some steps. So you, you want to sort of make a decision on how big you want your lights to be. You need to sort of create different channels of lights. So you have, say, the right side of your front yard is there's channel one and there's channel two and channel three, whatever, however you want to do it. Uh, you can have up to 64 channels, would you believe, if you want to go down that path. You also need to buy stock up pretty early because uh, close to Christmas, all of the lights uh, are pretty much sold out. So I'm hoping that people who are listening right now already have their lights and maybe then want to buy a control system. Uh, you can buy a system uh, built. It's a kit or full, fully do-it-yourself system. Uh, the fully built system works out of the box, costs about, I think, under 100 bucks, and can be purchased online. You can, and what happens, you can, if you don't want to do the electrical work yourself, like you, you, you're not confident soldering, doing those things, probably best to buy the, all, the already built system right out of the box. And what that will allow you to do is then hook it up to your computer or your player, and even control the lighting, the color of the lights, the, for whatever song you want to play. So it's kind of a out of the box solution. 
Uh, and you, if, there's also software you can download as well with with compatible systems for to to light up your house. There's uh, software called Lightarama Animated Lighting. Uh, there's the Hinkle Lighting Sequencer, which is actually free software that can, when connected to the right set of lights, can really make your your lighting system rock to the music. So very topical question for the help desk. No, I haven't written a story about this, but there's plenty of information online about it. Uh, but I think you've really got to take the time to design the display pretty well. So know where you want to put your lights, how many lights you're going to have, and and sort of the scale of it. So I think that's pretty, pretty important to design your display. And then you can go programming the show that you want to put on for people to hear and see your lights. And of course, make sure you've got plenty of PowerPoints, extension cords to do it the right way. So well, yeah, if if uh, if you want to rock out to your the Christmas lights, there are definitely ways of doing it. And that is our show, not only for this week but also for the year. Everything we've talked about on the show, of course, you can find at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch with us, we'll still be looking at emails over the Christmas period. Email us at info at techguide.com.au. Uh, we want to give a special shout-out to our sponsors who have been fantastic support throughout the year. Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs. And also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Please support the brands that have so well supported the Tech Guide podcast in 2020. Uh, thanks for listening this year. Your support of the show has been greatly appreciated. We wish all of you a happy and safe Christmas and a prosperous new year. We look forward to you joining us again in early January. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. <laughs>